Well, good afternoon, good morning, and good evening. Whatever time of the day it is that you're listening to this program, welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. And as we are basically another week away since my last podcast, maybe not that long, but we are a week closer to the Eagles and the NFL season. And um, we have got a special guest. I know I've been teasing it the last couple of weeks. He is here. He is with us. Those of you who've been with the podcast in the past will recognize my guest. But before we bring him on, wanted to thank everyone, as always, for tuning in. Remember, you can email and communicate with the show at petwgp at gmail.com. Again, petwgp at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts. Got any questions? I'll answer them on the air live. All that good stuff. Uh, So make sure you do that. Oh, by the way, and make sure you obviously subscribe if you haven't done so already. Follow the program, rate the program, share the program, all that good stuff. Uh, Really appreciate it. All right. So without any further ado, let's bring him on so you don't have to just listen to my voice all the time. Our other resident Philadelphia Eagle expert, uh, a frequent guest of the program. Let's bring on Matt once again. Matt, how are you doing today? And thanks for joining Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. That's how I feel, man. It's another football season ready to roll here and um you know we'll break it down but there's a lot of reasons to be uh excited about what's going to happen with this philadelphia eagles team going into the 2023 season so excited to talk about training camp battles expectations and uh you know kind of set the tone here for the uh, season that is right in front of us so very excited to be back on the show thanks for having me yeah, appreciate your time as always, and you can tell by Matt's excitement. This is how we're. This is this is the feeling from the Eagles fan base. I think this time of year, the Eagles do have a good team. Um, they have a very tough schedule. It's going to be a challenging, you know, season. You got to keep our fingers crossed that the team stays healthy. We already lost, uh, you know, a couple of guys, you know, so uh, you know our special teams is already kind of a concern. Our best two special teamers are done for the year, so that's one thing right off the top that uh, I'm sure we'll dive into a little bit. But yeah, so the, the essence of today's show, and we're going to keep it under an hour because, again, those of you who experienced when I bring guests on, once I approach that one hour mark or go over it, I seem to sometimes lose the show entirely, and then I got to start over again. So that can be frustrating. So we're going to keep it uh, inside of an hour, probably go 45, 50 minutes or so, 50 minutes with Matt. And uh, we're going to go around and talk about the Eagles and what our observations and thoughts are so far through uh, preseason. By the way, I don't know if you heard this news. Matt, but Jason Kelsey got in a big fight today at camp. Um, that was the news that came out today. Um, wow. Apparently, somebody completely hit Gain- Gainwell late. Uh, you know how they're doing a joint practice right now with the Colts. And some Colt, apparently, there's no video of it, at least that I've seen so far. But apparently, somebody clocked Gainwell late, and then Kelsey came in and leveled the guy and started a big fight. <laughs> so... <laughs> You can't do that in front of Big Papa Kelsey. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, apparently, like, depleted the guy. Like, Kelsey just absolutely hammered him and then started a big, you know, mini, you know, semi-small brawl. And it's so bad. It must have been so bad that they it had – it couldn't have been a good scene. It never really is when a fight breaks out. But they ended up canceling practice afterwards. So it must have got pretty uh, intense. So they didn't even yeah. finish practice. That's Shane Steichen and uh... – yeah. 
and like, why am I brain farting on our coach's name? Sirianni. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, you know, they're, they're probably like, you know what, let's call this a day. Yeah, they did. You know yeah, what? apparently they ended practice, so they didn't even <laughs> – so, yeah, that's true, though. You can't be leveling a player in front of Kelsey and think you're not going to, you know, get some kind of retaliation. So, uh, yeah, and Kelsey talked about it. I saw a little blip of him afterwards, and he was, like, apologetic, saying, yeah, let the emotions get, you know, get ahead. He was like, you know, that shouldn't happen. He was saying all the right things, but uh, at the same time, he's like, yeah, you know, sometimes emotionals get high, and I thought it was a late hit and, you know, that type of thing. So, um, all right, now. Uh, let's see. A couple other things. Miles Jack never even got to know the guy. I mean, he came for a couple weeks and he's uh, he's gone. So that's breaking news since our my last podcast. So uh, not really much to say about it unless you have a comment. But otherwise, well, I don't think he was going to make the team anyway. It didn't appear that he was. I had concern once he said, "Hey, one week you're on the couch playing Call of Duty, and the next week you're playing NFL football," and I'm like. Well, <laughs> yes, I, yeah. I thought then I'm like, I'm not sure your mindset's in the right place to be making yeah. a team for, but then obviously, you know, he was checked out. So, yeah, and it was good that he recognized that too, because it wasn't like the Eagles had forced him out. He either probably saw two things. One, once he came back to practice or started up again this year, that he just recognized, yeah, my heart's not in it anymore. Or he's just like, I can't play this game anymore. One or the other, or maybe both. I don't know. And they got Zach Cunningham at the same time, and he's doing fine. So I think. Yeah, they, I think he's going to be. Uh, maybe we'll just talk about the linebacker position because that's obviously a big changeover from last year. No longer have Edwards here. No longer have Kazir White here. Huge uh, changeover. A lot of pressure on Nicobe Dean, but we finally able to see him play. And I know everyone's confident in a sense. I mean, I, I believe in the guy. I'm just always concerned about his size and his and his uh, injury history, but. I think the guy is a smart player and he's going to be fine. But again, when I've always talked about the linebackers, the real key to how good our linebackers are, especially since they are undersized, is how our upfront defensive tackles do. Fletcher Cox, uh, Jordan Davis, uh, obviously Jalen Carter. Um, what's the other Melton one? Thinking of? Melton Williams. If those guys do their job and contain okay. and slow down and, and block the holes up front, then our linebackers, even though they're undersized, could go in there and finish securing the tackles. That, to me, is the key. If we had a weak defensive line, then I'd have be much more majorly concerned about our youth and inexperience and, and size at linebacker. But I think we'll be okay. What are your thoughts? I think we'll be fine. They got Cunningham in there, and that's the veteran presence that you need, and he'll pick up, you know, just – the smarts of being a smart player while, you know, Dean gets used to the role, but you know, there's a reason why Dean was good in college. There's a reason why Sam Mills was good. And there's a hall of famer in the NFL and same thing with Mike Singletary, undersized linebackers. If you got the other boys that can play, uh, it's not going to be a big deal. I think if they're smart enough and, and stay in their lanes and, and take advantage of whatever, um, I forgot the DC's name, RDC, Deshaun Desai? Desai, yep. Yeah, yeah. Coach Desai, he's, I'm sure he's got a plan for these guys. He seems to be an aggressive kind of DC versus um, Gannon, which kind of seemed to be like a contain and then blitz only when you have to type thing. But we'll see what happens. I think I think we're all right there. If you, if you look at defenses traditionally, if you're strong right up the middle, yeah. right? So we got the D-line covered, and we actually have some safeties that can play football too. So the middle right. 
you know, I, our expectations high for Dean. Yeah, absolutely. But can he meet him? I don't see why he wouldn't. So, yeah, I agree. He had that nice, uh, I don't know if you saw the play that he, you know, they, he punched the ball out uh, inside the yeah. five yard line when they were in. Now, if that's, if that's Chubb running in, maybe that doesn't happen. I mean, obviously they're playing against backups, but at the same time, you had the presence of mind to punch that ball out um, on a key, you know, inside the five red zone uh, attempt by the uh, by the opposing team. So that was that was nice, nice to see that kind of stuff because that's our team is not like the Eagles have not created a lot of turnovers on this defense, and you'd like to see more of that. You know, yeah, they're not a big a turnover while. creating team, really. I mean, the the yeah. guy that we had who had the most turnovers last year is not even with us anymore, you know, and uh, yeah. Gardner Johnson. So, you know, they're going to need somebody to replace that type of uh, ball hawking activity. So, yeah, stripping the ball, punching it out, um, you know, read um, – read, uh, what's the safety's last name? Slips on my mind here for a second. Blankenship. Blankenship, yeah. He's already – he's like leading the Eagles in interceptions. He's got like four or five in training camp this yep. year. Seems to just be a smart player, right? Yeah. Knows when quarterback's going to throw and kind of doesn't waste – he doesn't – you know, no wasted steps is a coach's phrase for DBs in the NFL. I'm like, he doesn't waste the steps. You know, he's moving towards the ball. You don't see him get he, – he wasn't burnt all that often last year as a rookie. He no, he really wasn't. A, yeah. He's a kid who can play. And I think that's the same thing that we can see out of Dean in the middle linebacker, like, Football players are football players, right? And they come in all and shapes. And people at the combine like to, to sell magazines based on, well, he's not the prototype. And they're like, yeah, well, <laughs> nor was neither was Sam team. Mills or uh, some of these other size, right. undersized linebackers in the past. Yep. You know? So I just, you know, there's a reason for that. You gotta, you know, there are a certain, there's a certain science to what you can do, but. Uh, a football player is a football player, period. Yeah. And, you know, Zach Thomas, that's why he was not, he's a Hall of Famer of this year, right? Yeah. And, you know, if you compare him to other linebackers, you're like, who is this, you know, dwarf on the field? Like, yeah, he was a shorter guy. And, yep. He was kind of, yeah. he was much more stockier than Dean is, but definitely a short guy. Not, not a fast guy, but not boy, a fast guy. Think right. He's, and he didn't but had great instincts, step. to your point, right? He had great in football instincts, and so he may have not have had. He makes up for some of maybe the other physical attributes by being just mentally tough and smart and instinctually good. Yep. Any other thoughts so, on uh, linebackers? Because I know, like Christian Ellis is another guy. I actually called him a few weeks ago when I started talking about the off season, and I always pick like one or two sleepers. And my sleeper pick this year, I, I thought Sidney Brown was too too much of a promising pick to call him a sleeper. So I didn't use him um, yeah. purposely because I really hope he makes the team. And I, I don't think it's much of a surprise if he does. The guy that I picked was Christian Ellis as my sleeper. I, uh, I've i seen a lot of good things about him. I think he really brings some good energy and he's a, he covers very well. Like we have, he can cover pretty good for a linebacker and he's, yeah. he's good at the point of attack. The only thing is sometimes he tackles sloppy. Like that's my only thing I've seen him do occasionally is take some bad angles at tackles and not be able to wrap guys up. But if he can clean that part of the game up, I think he's a nice guy to rotate in there at linebacker. But that makes sense because uh, he's got room now with Sean Bradley going down um, on special teams player, one of the special teams player that you referenced earlier. And they're a little light, right? So 
you know, Miles Jack didn't stick around, but again, that's why I'm like, they, they'll cycle through a bunch of young guys and how you, how he will sign probably a couple guys after. Yeah, he might be not. Cut. He might not be finished yet. Right. He might still bring in somebody else who gets cut from another team. I wouldn't surprise me yeah. if he does that. No, and if if their worst, you know, starting lineup is Dean and Cunningham, we're not in bad shape there. We'll, we'll be at least um, functional. And then uh, whether that can be as good as Edwards and Kaiser were last year, I'm not sure. Edwards, we might miss his thumper ability. You know, he's. He was very good. Close. Both of those guys were good. Wazir White was yep. good, and Edwards was really – Edwards was getting better every year. Like, it really ticks yep. me off, and I made this comment last my, my last podcast when I was ripping apart uh, Mariota because he's been so dreadful. They paid $5 million to bring in Mariota and for this type of for play so far. Now, the season hasn't started. I know it's preseason and everything, but he looks terrible. And I'm like, that's $5 million that you could have just – Offered in addition to whatever your initial offer was to Edwards, and you would have kept yep. him here. So, can you imagine if he had Edwards for three or four more years? Um, yeah, I know. And he's young and he was getting better every year, he was getting better, you know. Yeah, but it is what I it is. We kept him, but uh, who yeah. knows? Well, well, we'll get into Mariota when we get to the offense, but all right. So, any other thoughts on linebackers? And we'll get back to the D line because I know I mentioned him earlier. No, I think that is the you know it's traditionally been like the last spot that's paid attention to by the eagles defense for the current modern team and so eh, how far back can we go by recycling linebackers like i I think trotter's probably the last (laughs) good linebacker they had here i mean we're probably kendrick's maybe i mean kendrick's was pretty good the first super bowl year uh well not the first super bowl year back in 20 uh what was that 20 well yeah 2017 right when i won it yeah wasn't Kendrick I do think, linebacker? Yeah. Uh, well. Or am I, am I missing that? Am I thinking the year before? When was Kendrick, Michael Kendricks? Wasn't he in the Super Bowl year? 2018, he was not on the team, I don't think. Yeah, well, why am I getting confused? He did play in our Super Bowl team, didn't he? He was gone. He was, he's been gone for a while, though. I don't think he Yeah, was I know. Why Super am I thinking he was in the Super Bowl team? That's possible, because now that Super Bowl is about five years ago, so. Yeah, I thought possible. he was one of the linebackers, and I thought the other one was. Um, uh, I mean, I know they lost the one guy because he lot, he got hurt for the season. The guy that plays for Arizona now, I forget his name. Um, he was a really good linebacker. Yeah, Jordan Hicks. Yeah, Hicks, and then they brought the guy from Buffalo there. We had that Buffalo linebacker that was really good. The hell was his name? <laughs> I can't remember anybody's names. <laughs> it's not even that long ago. You know the guy yeah, from we, we, from Buffalo that we got. Um, that was pretty good offensive line, and then he got in some off-season trouble, like with a gun or something. I forget, I forget his name. Anyway, I think Kendricks was uh, was the linebacker on that team, but then again, as I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, I don't think he was. Now I don't know. There, no, they had Nigel Bradham for a while. Yeah, Bradham, that's the guy I'm thinking of. Yeah, the one from Buffalo. Yeah, Bradham and yeah. Kendricks were the linebackers, were they not? Uh, no, I don't think Kendricks is there. I think it was Hicks and Bradham. Well, Hicks was but- out for the season. We'll let uh, we'll let a listener. Yeah, we'll the let right them figure answer. it out, and I'll look. <laughs> I'll look after the podcast. I don't have time to get anymore. All right. So I anyway, whatever the case, I think that the last it, good linebackers were probably those guys are at least adequate, and then the last like star was Trotter that I can think of, and that's going way back into the early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Um, so Edward, D-Lo- what's that? Edwards was the closest thing to a thumper since Trotter. Yeah. The other guys. So, yeah, exactly. 
and uh, he's given away probably 60, 70 pounds now to Nicobe Dean. I'm thinking somewhere around there. Um, but it's Nicobe Dean's time. That's why we drafted him. So, and I, I have all the confidence the guy is going to be a a good player. It's just is is the game going to be like? And here's the other thing. The other reason why I'm not as concerned, not only because of the D line that I was talking about, and the fact that we got good tackles that hopefully would would be able to shut the rundown or slow the rundown, and not give gaping holes and stuff, but the fact that you don't have like big time ground and pound running backs anymore. There's no more Jerome Bettis's. There's there's there's, there's um Henry Derrick Henry. He's like the only one now that's like a bulldozer running back. All these other guys are pretty much scat backs or smaller, you know, running backs, right? I mean, Chubb is yep. pretty big. Chubb is a pretty big guy too. But what I, my point is, like, there's not a bunch of these guys in the NFL anymore that are just bulldozer, big running backs that'll just run run you right over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. So and you guys tackle, and that's it. Yeah. And you like I said, if our D line's doing their job and stuffing the run, not giving them holes to just quickly squirt through, and and they have to make the tackles solo on their own. They can go in there and just provide the run support. That's the I think they'll more than adequately do that, and that's why I think those guys up front, the Jordan Davises and those guys in the world, they're really if they do their job plugging those running holes. I think we'll be fine. Yeah, I, you know, certainly linebacker is the weakest position as far as injuries go for backstopping starters right now. So yeah, definitely no like depth said, there. Holly will shore that up as we get into the season, and we'll be fine. So. Where do you want to go next? Well, before, I just want to make one other thing that I kind of looked. Who's the guy um, that I was always high on the third-round pick a few years ago? They ended up cutting him uh, out of Colorado. I know everything about the guy except his name right now. Um, same, same They drafted Sean Bradley and that guy in the same draft, didn't they? Yeah, they cut him, but he was just signed by the, by the – um, he's actually on the Bears. Like I was wondering where the heck he was. I looked him up the other day. I hate when I can't remember names. Um, yeah, getting old. I know. <laughs> I truly am. Oh shoot, man. Anyway, all right. We'll go, let's just move on to the D line. <laughs> if I if if it pops in my head, I'll I'll mention it because it's bothering me now. Um, all right. So D line have a great uh, a great front four, front five. You know, House on Riddick. Um, has got a thumb injury. He's going to miss the rest of the preseason, but they're saying he's going to be ready for opening day. Or for the home, you know, for the opener. Um, but otherwise, you know, good things out of Smith. Smith was all over the place. I don't know if you were able to watch, catch much of the it last preseason awesome game. But... How his hands are like he did, he would just get his hands on the wrists and just so that the offensive lineman can't get any punch or into his chest. He would just he kind of is fascinating to watch. So he's the ball gets snapped. He's already grabbing the offensive tackle's hands, and he's just putting them where he wants them, and then he just runs around. Yeah, so he's got like, a great bend. Like, he'll bend and dip around them, and he's so yeah. fast. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Great pick. I, I'm so excited to watch him play because he's, he's another dude that has a huge frame, and he's going to grow into it yeah. with these NFL right. workouts. So he's going to be an absolute beast and stay there. And and he's got all the right attitude, right? The, Great motor, quick twitch, lots of skill. The guy's going to be fun to watch this year. And, you know, if you got him and Hassan Reddick and you still got BG, you know, the, the outer edge. Here's the guy. Here's the guy that I think I'm going to predict. 
We haven't got. We'll do our predictions next time I have you on before the show. But I'm telling you right now, I'll give a little teaser out. The guy that I think is going to lead the team in sacks this year, even more than Hassan Riddick, Josh Sweat. Yeah, I think Sweat is going to have 15 to 18 sacks. That's a lot. It is, but he gets better every year. The line does have that potential to make that happen. It might be a stretch. I know I'm putting a lot on him, but I just I think he's going to get 15 sacks minimum. I think. I know it's a lot. Yeah. But he just keeps getting better. Um and it again, is a fascinating thing to think about who are you going to block when you lining up against that Eagle State. Like we so we just named Josh Wett uh, Nolan Smith and Hassan Reddick has three pretty dominant pass rushers, but you're still going to get pushed from DJ. Right. Uh, like he just comes in on third him. down now, you know, and provides a pass rush. Like he's a part-time player now and he had what, 12 sacks last year or 11 sacks. Most he ever had. Yeah. So we have potential to be just absolutely devastating on that defensive line, which will, like you already said, it'll help the linebackers, but it's going to help the cornerbacks too. But Especially if Carter happy. is, if Carter and Jordan Davis and, and uh, what's his face there? Um, I don't know how much you can get out of Cox these days, but he's still probably better than a lot of defensive tackles. Milton Williams is still an ascending Milton player. Williams I like a lot. Yeah, he's always he's always impresses me, that guy. But if they can get that push up the middle, then where's the quarterback going to go? As, Unless he's a scrambling quarterback. They're going to push him back right into the outside rushers, the Hassan Reddicks and Josh Sweats. Yeah. (laughs) And the the pocket's going to collapse, and unless you're Tom Brady, you're not getting out of it. Yeah. Well, we'll have great opportunity to play against all the best quarterbacks this year, that's for sure. Any other insights on the D-line? And then we'll move to uh, safety in the secondary. I expect greatness coming from that D line. They're they're well stocked on the edge and they're well stocked in the middle. So yeah. I expect a lot of great things. Indeed, yeah, it should be a fun. It's to get to get as many sacks they had last year, which is the third most all time, might be a stretch to do that again. But the thing is, though, it sounds like crazy to say that, but I don't know, man. Who's who's going to stop this D line? <laughs> I mean, now you're throwing Jalen Carter in the mix, who I know they lost Hargrave, but and maybe it's too much to ask out of a rookie to replace Hargrave and all the sacks he got. I don't expect Carter to get – if Carter, I think, gives us five or six sacks, I think that's a great season as a rookie defensive tackle. But the way that they're talking about this guy, it might be maybe he gets eight to ten sacks. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he's that good already. I'm not sure. Yeah. He seems to be able to jump through spaces pretty quickly. So the hands go, the ball snap, the hands are up, and he's already in a different place. Yeah. I still say the guy that he reminds me of, and I said this when they drafted him when I was watching some of the college reps, he reminds me a lot of Jerome Brown. Yeah. And if he's anywhere near that good, then we're in good shape. Yeah. And I I look at him and I'm thinking John Randall. Yeah, that's another good. Yeah, that's another good. Yeah, that's another good player to to draw a uh, comparison to. Absolutely. Randall was a beast. I love John Randall. He's one of my favorite non-Eagle players of all time. He used to, he was like one of the first players to put that war paint on his face. If you remember, like the black, the black paint, he used to like cover his whole face with it. Um, Yep. 
All right. So moving on now, let's talk about a position now that's always been a concern of our in the past because of lack of depth and maybe even talent. But I think we got more depth in the secondary than we've had in a while. We and do. So obviously we, we got the starters there, Slay and Bradbury. And I think we got some good depth behind them. And then you got Blankenship. We've got a very, we still got a lot of inexperience at safety, but it's very promising. Blankenship looks like a rising stud back there. And then I don't know, it's still yet to be determined who's going to be opposite him on the other safety side. I know I'm rooting for Sidney Brown. And he's definitely making Brown, he's making football player. Yeah, he's opening eyes. He's a football <laughs> player, man. That yeah. guy is smart. He's rangy, and he can hit. Yeah, so, they're already calling him a heat-seeking missile. I mean, he does. And there's limited play that I've seen him so far in preseason. He does absolutely just a lot like Dawkins in a way. Sacrifices his body, man. He's going in for a tackle, and he doesn't care. Yeah, he's gonna bring it. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna bring it. They have uh, who's the third? Terrell Edmonds is that the third? Edmonds is there. Yep. So he's got experience. That'll help balance out the younger folks. But I agree with you, Brown and Blankenship, and that could be a tandem that could go for you know three, three to five years. Uh, pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I was loving the Brown pick from the beginning and really rooting for that guy. And uh, he's a good guy to root for, too, just with his whole storyline with him and his brother. And, uh, he's an easy guy to root for outside of the fact that he's just – he's like – he is the quintessential Eagles safety, potential. Yep. I'm not going to put him in the – you know, I'm not going to even say he's anywhere near the Wes Hopkins and the Dawkins of the world that we've had at safeties in the past. And Mark Malcolm Jenkins. He's got to go and prove himself, but – He's got that type of intangible in his game, that's for sure. Yeah, plus versatility. I think that you can task him with a lot of different types of roles, and he looks like he could just fill them all. And I, I don't know. He look, I, he feels like a steal where the Eagles got him, um, and that's maybe because not many teams really prioritize safety, whereas we had a hole. But uh, I don't. Know, I, I expect him to have a nice. Uh, season full of learning because he's a rookie, but I expect that to be up there with like maybe Dawkins' rookie season. Maybe get burnt a couple of times, but yeah, Dawkins had some growing pains. Of course, you can't expect the guy to come in and yep. you know be perfect. Yep. But I think with a guy with his talent, you want his energy on the field too. And uh, yeah, he's going to miss some tackles. He's going to, you know, he's going to make some mistakes. Um, but hopefully, the Eagles are good enough otherwise defensively to compensate for while he's growing into position, you know, can't expect yep. him to be perfect uh, in a rookie season. Same with Dean and some of these other guys that haven't played much. Um, yep. They're going to make their mistakes, but Justin Evans is the other safety that's kind of in the mix, you know, um, and, you know, I don't know. He's been getting more playing time recently, which is kind of confusing a lot of people. Uh, maybe it's because the Eagles are trying to figure out what to do with him themselves, um, but He's still in the mix for sure. You never know with these preseasons these days. I, I'm I'm still of mind to say September is the true preseason. Everyone's working out their kinks for all of September. It's really that first weekend of October that you get you start to get. Oh, this is what this team is about. Yeah, oh yeah, for Until sure. Until then, yeah, exactly. it's really 
the September games are, I, you know, they cut down the rosters. Yeah, that's almost like the preseason now is the first month of the season. Yeah. Because they don't play. They, nobody plays. The, none of the starters play. They have, they have 60, they have 90 something bodies. They cycle them all through. Maybe you get a pass or two in there. Um, and then, you know, the, the real preseason is September to October, and the season starts in October. Yeah. The only problem with that is, and I totally agree 100%, is that the Eagles can't afford to get off to a slow start because their, quote, Not- easier games are the first month of the season. So they can't afford yep. to stub their toe with these games that are winnable. Uh, when you got yep. the rest of the year, the, the rest of the three quarters of the schedule, almost every single game is going to be a battle against a good team. Yeah. Um, but I uh, I think a lot comes down to your quarterback. And Jalen Hurts has been like nonstop since yeah. he lost this. He's, they so, say he's had the best camp of any quarterback they they can recall. And, you know, Now, it doesn't mean anything until the season starts. But it's still good that the reports are that he's not struggling in camp like Mariota. Right. Uh, you put him in the time days off. It's just a matter of fact. He's just so they just I, talk about Hurts like he's just constantly, even when he's not in the field, he's just constantly working. Like he's always yeah. working to get better. Which yeah. we kind of knew that he was that way, but he's now that especially I guess what a good sign is. And we reason why I bring it up is he now he has the money. He just signed his big ass contract, and he is yeah. working as hard as ever. He's not taking his pedal, you know, the foot off the gas pedal at all, which is yeah. awesome. It's more than money for Hertz. Yeah, it is. So. I totally agree. Now, Kayvon Wallace, got to talk about him because he he's a guy, and I talked about this in my podcast last week, who started coming on last year and showing the promise that bit. we wanted to see from him for years, and he's yeah. also having a pretty good camp. Uh, I like him, and I think it's, I think he's going to make the team because he's probably now our best special teams player now that we yeah, lost the other ones. Yeah, he's a big-time special teams guy. Probably the number one safety to come in, depending on which position he's studied or which position may get injured. But I don't know how many they'll keep. I you know Because it was a DB that went down, I wonder how they – I wonder how many running backs they're going to keep versus cornerbacks. Or DBs because I think that somebody's going to lose out on one of those sides of speed. Yeah, we'll talk uh, about the running back position. I agree with you. Yeah, it's either going to be, and they have a lot of really good depth. I mean, at both positions, which is why I'm sure you know. I know that's why you're bringing it up because they're going to be cutting some good talent one way or the other. They're either going to be cutting a really good running back or they're going to be cutting a really yeah. good cornerback or safety. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I mean, what's the uh, the cornerbacks? Let's go move over to cornerbacks now. And what's that? Bradbury. Yeah, I'm highly confident on Bradbury repeating and having just as good of a season as he had last year. Slay. Hello. How good is Slay? Bradbury might be the best cornerback on the team. Well, he was, I think he was last year. Yeah. So Slay. If you don't consider him the best cornerback on the team, he's still damn good to cover that other side of the field. So, yeah, uh, great. Cornerbacks yeah. don't seem to lose their speed as quickly as running backs do when they get old. So, right. Well, but I would like to see Slay not blame his teammates if somebody gets smoked deep like that play in Dallas last year. Uh, uh, well, he was the one I that thought, gave up that third and thirty play, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was, and he and he kind yeah, of he was just blaming got, he was blaming Blankenship or somebody. Yeah. 
And I'm like, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure that that guy was the one that was responsible on that one. Yeah. So, I don't know. I would like to see, see Slay put together a, a little bit better season than he did last year to let me know, like, okay, he's still top-notch. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got burnt a couple times. Yeah, he's he's on the other side of 30 now, so he's going to start declining if he hasn't already. Uh, so, But I don't expect a huge drop-off for him yet. I think no. he's going to be – and, again, with the pass rush we get, hopefully – uh, it should allow for opportunities for him to, you know, get interceptions because, yeah, you know that they work coincide with each other. You know, if you got good coverage, then you get more time for the line to get to the quarterback, and vice versa. If the line's getting to the cornerback, throw forcing him to throw the ball when he doesn't really want to, that's when you can pick it off. Yeah, and in the meantime, behind those guys, I'm hoping that some of their youth, like um, Josh Job, can develop. Maybe yeah. Keely Ringo. On- if he gets any snaps at corner or slot. I give you uh, credit for Josh Job. I don't know if we were if I was doing a podcast back then. It was a couple years ago. I might have been. It might have been my first year. I remember we talked about Job and you were you were hiring him. You were telling me that this guy that they got out of Alabama's undrafted free agent was pretty good. Big size. He's I think six two and like two fifteen or something like that. They got him at five eleven one ninety. So he's not he's not quite Oh, 5'11", 190. Okay. That's what the Eagles <laughs> website has, and they usually exaggerate too, so I don't even know if he's 5'11". That's what they have as 5'11", 190. Okay. Um, cause he, just, he appreciates he, the three he, inches you just gave him, though. Yeah, so I, we'll see what happens. It hurts losing Zeke McPherson because that was a high, higher round draft pick from a couple years ago that right. hasn't really kind of found a niche yet. So somebody, I would like to see somebody – not named Slayer Bradbury, step up and be like, oh, that's a guy we can count on. Well, it could like be Matt. Goodrich. I, I mean, I'm always fond of anyone who wears number 31. So maybe it's him. Um, there's Goodrich there. There's uh, – we already talked about Job. There's uh, – well, Maddox who's is our, our slot corner. Who's, who's the rookie that had the interception that had a little bit of an attitude? Eli at Ricks. Time? He's the one who's 6'2", 188. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like his ability. I just he needs to lose the attitude. I talked about. It. I'm not going to yeah. get too much into it because I did talk about it last podcast. But yeah, he's just he's got the talent. But man, this guy needs to just shut his yapper while he's out there. Yeah. Um, but he's in there. And, you know, obviously Keely uh, Keely is it Keely Ringo? That's how you pronounce his name. Yeah. Yep. So he's he's obviously not going to be cut. So he's going to make the team being uh, being the high draft pick that they invested in. He's also 6'2", 207. They have a lot of height. The guy I was mentioning to you um, when we talked pre-show, uh, Gardner, is also 6'2". Yeah, I like it. I like the height and the size. Yeah. And if you have the height and the size and a little bit less speed, if the line can get to the quarterback, then it won't matter. Right. So, like I said, there's a lot of good depth there. And, and whether or not it's going to be the corners that get cut or – the running backs, um, there's going to be some. Hopefully, we can keep them on the retain them on the practice squad, you know. Um, but somebody will probably be picking up, especially cornerback, because it's usually a thin position across the league. So, I would imagine maybe that's one reason why they may keep the corners and cut one of the running backs. Uh, all right, well, I think that's it for the, the defense. The only other thing I'd point out, and that's one of the overlying concerns they have when I'm talking about the season of mine is the fact that, yes, this Eagles team is really good, fully loaded with talent, but we got a new offensive coordinator and 
a new defensive yep. coordinator. And I can't remember the last yep. time. I'm sure it's probably happened before, but I don't know how. I don't think it happens much. It's probably very rare for a yeah. Super Bowl team or a really good team to lose both of their offensive and defensive coordinator in the same year. Yeah, and it's going to take a year of adjustments, right? Exactly. That's what, what I mean. Five. Yeah. Right. So they want to, what are their, you know, I, I feel fine on the offensive side, though, because it was the quarterback too, that took the OC job. And plus, you still got Sirianni there and Scott Postman. It's starting to break up there a little so, bit, Matt. So I'm not sure if you're in a rough area. Okay. Do you have me there? Yeah, you're still cutting out a little bit. Still cutting out. Okay. Now yeah, I hear you. You're back now. Well, you were back. And we edit. All right. There you go. Back in. Now you're here. Okay. Well, I, I have more confidence on the offensive side of the ball with Sirianni being a former OC himself and the quarterback's coach becoming the OC. So I don't think they're going to lose too much with Shane Steichen being gone. That can't be kind of filled in as we learn. But the DC spot, you know, who knows? Gannon was new to that position, and he was only here two years. And the first year was an adjustment period. He got all his pieces there, and he gets the Eagles third in history for sacks. So right. the gets to inherit all those great players, and either the players cover up for the lack of uh, wisdom on the coach's side, or the coach is fine, and the talent's fine, and they have a great season. I mean, who knows? It's going to be a year to just know. I got Who knows what to predict, right? That. I do, I do believe with the way that things are structured now in the NFL, there's not too much time off in off-seasons, so I don't feel like the coaching side of things, I don't think they this much. I think they probably hired two great guys that are going to put in the work and the effort, and they're already familiar with the team. So, Yeah, they do have experience, maybe not in this, these roles, but they do yeah. have a pretty good extensive football backgrounds where they have been involved in successful teams in the past. So. That's yeah. promising. But, again, it just gets back to the fact that it might take a while for everything to gel. Yeah. And I guess it's – you look at it two ways. It could be a good thing that they don't have a lot of tough games early on, so it allows them time to maybe miss a few beats and then still be able to get some wins. Yeah. But at the same time, it also might lead to potential losses where, you know, the, the games that they really should win, and that might hurt them, you know, towards the season. But, you know. Well, the losses, though – if you got good leadership on the team, I'm not too worried about it. Between Kelsey, Hertz, yeah, that um, does help the those guys. Defense, I think they got plenty of leadership there to just yeah. get through that any any mud that might be there in that preseason yeah. until October. Yeah. So, all right, quickly in the offense, we don't have to rip. I mean, I don't. There's not as much to talk about the offense because there's very little changes. So. Because uh, we're coming up yeah. on a forty-minute mark here, and want to probably wrap yeah. this up within the next ten minutes or so. Um, but anything offensively, I and mean, we talked about Mariota. I know we, you know, I don't want to spend a lot more time on him. We know that he, I don't know what his problem is, but he's got to figure it out here quick. Um, yeah, I think talent, just as simple as that. He, he can't run because he's older, and he lacks arm talent. So, yeah. But well, other than the backup, it's other than the backup quarterback position, which. Um, uh, which he's going to be the backup guy. I don't think the Eagles would cut him, and uh, they're going to, you know, how he's going to go with the guy they're paying five million dollars with. I think unless it would be interesting if, if knock on wood, you know, which I will do, 
if uh, Hertz does miss extended time, if they would then give McKee a look because he's looked good. <laughs> I mean, I think Mariota impressive. would get the first crack at it, but if he continued to suck, yeah, then you got to give McKee a shot and just put Mariota on the bench for the rest of it. Let McKee just try to roll with his tools because he, yeah. as far as understanding defenses, sure, he's definitely going to be taken advantage of if he starts an NFL ball game. But arm talent and being able to see throws, I mean, he's put some monster throws into tight windows and yeah. very accurate when he's had blocking in front of him to put the ball where he wants to, yeah. which is very impressive. So, yeah. you know, I I think they have to keep him on. I don't think they can let that guy go to practice squad because I think he'll be signed by somebody else. So I'm hoping that they find a way to keep three quarterbacks. Yeah, like I mentioned, uh, the rules are different this year. So they are allowing the NFL to align because of what happened to the 49ers uh, teams to carry – a third quarterback that will not count against the 53 man roster. So that really means that all that, you know, they're Ian books, probably the only one out uh, as far as quarterbacks. Um, and then it's just a matter of who's going to be the number two, which I think, like you said, Mariota is going to get the first shot at it. And then if he continues to play as horribly as he has, they're going to have to make a change. Um, yeah. Anything else? I mean, I don't want to. There's really. I don't. First of all, I don't have a lot of time to spend on the offense. But um, anything. I know probably the running back position is is where there's any major changes, other than the right guard position, which it looks like Jen, uh, Jergens is going to be the uh, right starting right guard. Um, uh, yeah. So that should be good. I mean, everyone else. Obviously, the Eagles should have a very strong O line. But let's talk about the running backs. I know you're. We know from last year. Anyone who was listening to the podcast know how high Matt was on Gainwell last season. So I'm sure yeah. you are high or just as high in him this season with miles now think, out of the picture. So what are your thoughts on the running back spot? So I think they'll split plenty of carries, but I do think game will be the number one guy going into the first regular season game. How often he leaves the field? I'm not sure. You know, Rashad Penny is a super talented running back. And we'll have great opportunity if he gets a chance to, to carry some balls behind this offensive line to break some big ones. So Gainwell, I'm not sure how much long, long end speed he's got or quickness, but he just seems to be like a Frank Gore type. Like just, he's going to be consistent. He sees the holes. He's, he's very still, good at seeing the hole and holes. hitting the hole. He's very good at that. Yeah. That's always been a strength. And he, and he just, he's a, He's a points maker. So, like in fantasy football, do not sleep on game well. That guy <laughs> had the most points for touches than like anybody in the last like three years. Yeah. Um, but Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift looked good in that first preseason game. So, I'm like, man, they're loaded with talent there. Those but the thing guys, that Swift brings too is, and this is what I'm really hoping for, because the Eagles, you remember under Andy Reid, especially, and they're even pretty decent under Peterson, they always, so it's the same line. A lot of the line are still here. Um, they're very good at running the uh, play action um, yeah. screens or the screens yeah. themselves to the running back. They used to run that with Westbrook all the time, with McCoy, and they always had a lot of success. And they've kind of got away with that for the last five, six years or so, yeah. five years maybe. And oh, they've always run that well, cause especially with Kelsey, you can get down the field, right? And uh, some of these other yeah. guys that they have. It's like with yeah. DeAndre Swift bring back the running back screens because you know these wide receiver screens never went anywhere except a minus one loss. 
I get wide receiver screen is like <laughs> my least favorite of all time. You know, unless you have T.O. there that can just shove somebody yeah. over and then shove another guy over, it's it's not going to work. Um, but I do, I, you know, if you were to tell me who's in danger of getting cut, I don't know. I love Boston Scott, but I'm like, Rashad Penny's a much more talented guy. He just always has been injured up till now. And I don't know what's going to happen when you put him or Swift behind the Seagulls offensive line. They're both talented running backs. Um and so, do they keep all four? I don't know. Believe it or not, but, Scott is the most expensive running back. <laughs> he's making one? more than anyone else on the on the running on the yeah. running backs. He's yeah. making two million bucks. Still clutch for you know maybe it's Scott's ability to return kicks that's going to keep. Well, that's him the on thing. Boston Scott is the do it all. You know, you're safe putting him wherever. You know, you know he's gonna he's gonna do his job, and you can you can like I said, you can use him on special teams. You can use him at third downs. You can use him against the Giants. <laughs> yep. And two uh, games. In- yeah, I don't know. I, I think Gamel, like I said, will be the lead back, but all of those guys will be highly effective in the Seagulls' offense. That's what I expect. Yeah. No matter how many carries, I think they're all going to be highly effective. So your pecking order, your final right now projected pecking order would be what? I think it would be Gamel, Swift, and Penny. Okay. Scott, what? Yep. Yeah, and it may keep four running backs. Again, I think, like you said, it's going to come down to four running backs. Or four cornerback, or whatever, five cornerbacks, uh, or an extra cornerback. And the other thing that's going to factor in is the line. They have so much defensive uh, talent on the line. Like even that Ojobo guy or Ojomo guy they got from Texas, he was playing well. Um, he's the one that just got hurt in the last game, but he's he's just a concussion. I mean, not that I want to minimize the concussion, but he's not like you know give us a season or anything. Um, but they had a lot of defensive line guys that I like that are just backups. That two e up you Sopo guy, I just totally butchered his name, but uh, he's good. He's a pretty adequate player too as a defensive tackle. Yeah, but you can't keep yeah, all these think, guys. No, as long as, long as the O line stays healthy, so we got to take care of uh, you know Lane Johnson on the right. Make sure he's healthy. Yeah, um, he's a beast, so he'll play through about as many injuries as you could possibly have. Like. Probably played one legged if he lost a leg, but um, he did play one leg last year. You know, he's amazing. I think he's yeah. something like he hasn't given up a sack in like almost three years. It's crazy. Yeah. He's another Hall of Famer. You've got two Hall of Famers on this line between Kelsey and Lane Johnson, no right. doubt. Yeah. Like, no doubt Hall of Famers. Right. Um, so I, you know, they just got to stay healthy, you know. Uh, meanwhile, Stoutland needs some young bucks to just keep. Well, Tyler Steen looks pretty good. I mean, he's been playing. They've been moving him around to tackle and guard. But when he's been yep. in there, like I've been watching him, he's he definitely looks like he's got a lot of talent to work with. Like I could see him being a starter maybe as early as next year. Like he's yep. he's pretty good. I like – that was a good pick. I didn't know much about yep. him. But from what I've seen so far, especially since he's learning two positions right now, he's been pretty yep. good from what I've seen. Well, not sure what to expect out of Dennis Kelly coming back. I mean, he's familiar with the system, and maybe Stoutland will get him to improve. But I think he's know, like I mean, an emergency body. <laughs> I think they, they they know they know him, and he's yep. got experience. I think he's like they probably don't want to ever use him, but he's a guy that yep. you can plug in there, and he can at least provide an adequate protection. You know, yeah, and that's it. Wide receivers, man, Devontae Smith and AJ can probably even be better than they were last year. And they got that. Uh, it should be they, fun you know, watching them play this year. I think those two guys, as good as they were last year, they get they, they may add 200 to 300 more yards. And Yeah. 
They're that good. 20, yeah, I totally agree. Plus the tight ends, Dallas Goddard, uh, the rookie, Cal Kachata, is that his name? You know, he's, he's got he's <laughs> number two in front now. Yeah, and they and, still have another guy, that backup quarterback or whatever, that converted to the tight end, who every time I see him on the field, I'm like, damn, if they can get this guy to play, he is a monster size-wise. Yeah, he's uh, huge. What the hell's his name? Yeah. Let me get his Jackson, is that his name? Jackson, yep. Tyree Jackson, yeah. The guy's freaking 6'7", 249. And every he's, time he's out there, I'm like, man, if this guy can – and he's played well this pre- – every time he's always – he always plays well when he shows promise, but the guy gets hurt all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but if they can squeeze yeah. anything out of that guy. Yeah. And they – you know who's been a huge disappointment is the guy that they brought in. Uh, you don't hear much about him at all. Is um, Who's the uh, – I think he played at Carolina, the tight end there. Uh, they brought him in as like an experienced – guy to back up really to i guess be a primary backup to goddard but why am i missing his name now sure. you know what i'm talking about no uh, hang, on, hang on i'll get it i've got to look it up man by the way we didn't talk about trey sermon i don't know i can't see how he makes the team based i'll on what see we were just talking about before he's a big he's a big dude too and i think uh I think if it's Scott or Sermon, it's whoever can run kicks better. Like special teams dictate who stays. Because Sermon's returned a couple kicks in his career too. Yeah. I can't freaking find the guy's name. It was the it was the tight end that we just brought in, um, that they brought in this off season to compete for the backup spot, and he hasn't like he barely even, like I can't even remember his name, which tells you how unimpactful he's been. Um, Not the. The show that we couldn't remember his name. Why can't I remember his freaking name? You mentioned Calcaterra. That's not what I'm talking about, but that's uh, that's the other guy in the mix. Dan Arnold. That's what I'm talking about. Dan Arnold. That guy. Uh, okay. An eagle? I didn't even know he was an eagle. <laughs> well, see, that's what I mean. I mean, the guy's been non-existent, and so I don't I don't see him making a team. I just don't. But, um, all right, well, we are uh, – I guess we'll just do some final thoughts. We're going to definitely bring you on here before the season starts again because we have to do our off-season predictions and uh, like we did last year and see how, how both of us do. It was kind of fun to do. And then just maybe yep. uh, we'll we'll talk about the NFC East in general uh, as well. Maybe I'll, I can even do a triple pod potentially and have you and our friend Johnny from the Commanders on at the same time to maybe we'll banter about the NFC East. I don't know. There's a lot of excitement down here about those commanders. Let me tell you, there's a lot of excitement. <laughs> Why not? The witch is dead, you know? Uh, I know. Right? Out yeah, that, that's addition by subtraction if I've ever heard of it. Yep. It's affected everything already. They're they're running into the season with full steam ahead. Yeah, and that quarterback, so that like, dangerous. you know, he looks like he can play, that guy. Uh, yep. Yep. So a lot of talk about I know John's – John's probably – itching to get on the show to, so he can start talking positively finally about his commanders. Oh, yeah. I'm sure All he can't DC. wait to voice his opinion. Uh, plus, they just – not that preseason means anything, but the Ravens, didn't they have like the like a 30-game winning streak in preseason or something, 20-something games that they haven't yeah. lost, and then they just lost to the commanders. So that's Quick meaning record, so but, you know. Yeah, it's a meaning. It's a totally record. meaningless record, but. A win in preseason usually means nothing, but down <laughs> it here doesn't in mean anything. 
that means something. Like it just yeah. means. Well, they're just looking for stuff to something. cheer for. That team's been in the doldrums forever. Exactly. Yep. And it, they just want to be competitive, and I think they will have an opportunity to do that this year. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the NFC East looks like it's going to get uh, continue to get stronger it's here. It's definitely getting stronger. You know, Darren Waller on the Giants. That's scary. You know. Yeah, and Jones is uh, Jones is got ability as a quarterback. I don't. I still think he, there's a lot to be left there to see what how good he is. But you know, you got Barkley back there, and their defense is getting much better, or the defense is improving. The Giants, they got you know, they did the right thing, and they brought some guys in to know what they're doing from the Buffalo, yep. and uh, they took some Eagle front office guys too. So that front office knows what they're doing now in New York, and um, they're going to continue to get better. I no. think. I don't know about that offensive line, though. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk more about that. We're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap this one up for now. But when we have you on, we'll talk about the NFC East and we'll do our predictions and uh, have fun doing like that, like we always do. So thanks again, Matt, for jumping on, and uh, we'll see you again shortly. For everyone else, thanks for tuning in. Philadelphia Eagles talk with Jeff as always. Remember to like, subscribe, follow, share with all your fellow Eagle friends. Share it with your Cowboy friends. Bring everybody aboard. We're going to have fun here this season. Until I think we'll talk with Jeff. Until next time, thanks again for tuning in. We'll catch you all next time. Matt, thanks again for joining the show. Take it easy, everyone. Later. Woo!